The story of human history begins in a garden. It had been a place of beauty and life and absolute perfection. There was no heartbreak, no sighs or groans, no grief, no death. Most importantly, it was perfect in its relationship between creation and creator, God and humanity, at, at one with each other and one with all creation. But as you probably know, the story of that garden had an unhappy ending. In the middle of that garden was a tree which lured the first human beings to exercise one of God's greatest gifts to humanity, the gift of free will. And as the story went, and as it's retold countless times in our very own lives, we choose the path that leads to brokenness, injustice, harm, and grief, the way that leads to death. John's gospel is unique in that while the other gospel writers begin with the birth of Jesus, John begins at the very beginning, way back to the earliest days of creation. In the beginning, he says, there was the Word. It's the Word he would introduce to us as Jesus, one who therefore had a front row seat when the saga of Adam and Eve unfolded. Jesus was there as God when God saw the tragedy of the fall take place. After Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, they discovered their sin, and along with that, their nakedness. So it was that God entered that garden to have a private, personal, one-on-one -on -one encounter with them. They, they hid in their shame and guilt, just as you and I do when we realize that we are far from living the kind of life that God intends. But God was there with them in the garden already planning for redemption. It's important to keep this familiar story in mind as we see how John's gospel depicts that first Easter morning. The story of human history that began in the garden would meet its greatest redemption back in a garden. You've heard the story. Early in the morning, three days after Jesus was crucified, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb along with the other women. She was likely carrying a similar jar of expensive ointment to the one that she had just broken over the feet of Jesus two chapters ago. Like Adam and Eve, she was embracing the reality of death, the heartbreak of grief, the burden of a world filled with sin and injustice and suffering. And even after she saw the stone rolled away from the empty tomb, Mary didn't believe it. And even when she saw that the body of Jesus was not in the tomb, Mary still didn't believe it. And even after Peter and John arrived on the scene to verify that all that was left were strips of burial linens, Mary did not believe it. This is what happens when you live in a world filled with such sin and suffering and heartbreak as ours. We are blinded even to the possibility of God's power and love. So, John does what no other gospel writer does. He shifts the scene and pans the camera to a garden outside the tomb. And there, just as Adam and Eve had been hiding in their own shame and guilt, Mary was there, hiding behind the veil of her own tears, suffering in her own sorrow. And just like God came to meet Adam and Eve in a personal, private encounter in the first garden, God showed up again 
in the form of the resurrected Jesus, one-on-one with Mary. And I love that even still, even despite all the evidence to suggest resurrection to new life and promise, even though Jesus was standing right there next to her, Mary still didn't believe it. She thought he was the gardener. To be fair, Mary wasn't entirely wrong. Jesus had spent his whole ministry, after all, digging into the heart of human existence, planting seeds of hope, pruning back the forces of sin and evil, even teaching others how to bear fruit. And he himself had become the holiest of seeds, planted into the ground on Good Friday, now bloomed into glory. Mary was not entirely wrong, but it was not until one moment, one glorious moment, the most beautiful moment in the whole story, when Mary finally believed when Mary finally recognized resurrection for herself. John chapter 20, verse 16, Jesus said to her one single word, Mary. When Jesus whispered her name, his voice carried into her ears, down into the depths of her soul, down into the layers of sin and shame, down deep into thousands of years of ancestors who lived in the agony of a broken relationship with God. This Mary descendant of Adam and Eve, just as all of us are, heard the most glorious sound that can be heard by human ears, the sound of her own name, uttered by the one who gave her life. And in an instant, her relationship with the living Jesus had been restored. Her spirit was brought back to life, just as the body of Jesus had risen from the grave. Make no mistake, friends, the story in Genesis that begins in a garden which culminates in John's gospel with redemption in a garden, can even be your story today in the garden of your life. So imagine Jesus right now whispering your name. One of the great paintings by the Dutch master Rembrandt is titled Christ and St. Mary Magdalene at the Tomb. It's his depiction of this very story in John chapter 20, set in the garden outside the tomb. In the background, in the center of the painting, is a large, ominous tree, symbolizing the very first tree in the very first garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, a reminder of where the human story begins. In the foreground is Jesus, cleverly and playfully depicted by Rembrandt as wearing the clothes of a gardener, a wide-brimmed sun hat to shield him from the heat of the day, a sheath carrying a pruning knife tucked into the sash of his cloak, and even carrying in his right hand a shovel, of all things. Perhaps a reminder from Rembrandt of the depths that Jesus had just been to descend into hell and break the power of sin. And then, of course, is Mary Magdalene. Her body still turned toward the entrance to the tomb, shoulders square with the angelic messengers who had just been talking to her. Except Rembrandt has chosen to capture that moment, that that glorious instant when Jesus first appeared and caught her by surprise. And so from the neck up, Mary has just turned toward Jesus. 
that first dawn of recognition that something new, something, something hopeful and beautiful might be happening. And ever the master of light and shadow, Rembrandt shows a beaming ray of light breaking through the darkness, past the, the shadows of that ominous tree, passing from the radiance of Jesus and beaming now onto the face of Mary herself. It's a glorious painting, a depiction of the most glorious moment in human history. But there is one more thing about this painting that catches our attention. In the lower left corner, tucked into the shadows, off to the side of the action, Rembrandt has chosen to paint two people. They're just passing by, somewhat oblivious to the event that has just changed the world. One has their back turned to us, but the other, his face we just see in profile, turned in such a way as to maybe catch a glimpse of the resurrection for themselves. Perhaps Rembrandt has done here what he often did in his paintings. He painted you and me into the story. There we are, in the shadows of a world that seems so broken and desolate, especially with the kind of year you and I have had these last 12 months. Yet right in our midst, even, even right now, today, God has broken through with the possibility of resurrection and new life a kind of hope and possibility that you and I can only dream of. So will you be like that one figure whose back is turned and continues to walk away from the resurrection? Or will you be like the one who may just catch a glimpse of what God's love can do for you? I pray that's you. And if you lean in closely and silence all the other voices but that of God, you can hear for yourself right now in the midst of this garden the voice of Jesus calling you by name. Let us pray. God of resurrection power, you raise Jesus from the dead and are working to raise us to new hope and possibility. We know life at its worst, but in this moment you are offering grace at its best. We hear you calling each of us by name to give ourselves fully over to you. So help us turn towards you that we might not pass by the reality of the resurrection at work in our hearts. Show us how to love one step at a time. In the name of Jesus, our risen Savior and Lord, amen.